So a few weeks ago, we were taking the kids to school, and we dropped our daughter off at the elementary school, and we were taking our son Andrew to uh, the middle school. And when we got up there, the line of traffic was just backed up forever. And and he was like, man, this is a good time to have the tumbler. Mm-hmm. And so that just started this impromptu Batman skit in the car. And uh, so we decided to uh, recreate that for you here. And uh, Andrew will be playing Robin. And uh, I'll be doing the voice of Batman. And... Uh, Cindy and our daughter Danny will be doing some of the shrieks and screams in the background. So uh, this is kind of the first uh, installment of uh, Supermates Theater, I guess. <laughs> so here you go. Bruce, can you take me to school? I missed the bus and Alfred's busy. I'm going to be late. Get in. Atomic batteries to power turbines too. Don't do that. Sorry. Where are my car keys? Where are they? Where? Where are they? Where? Where, Where are they? Uh, you left them in the ignition. Oh. There's my school, but the line's like four miles long. I'm still gonna be late. Hold on. Hey, you just ran over my girlfriend's car. She'll live. And my geometry teacher's car. She gives you too much homework. And my principal's. I don't like his dress code policy. You can let me out right here. Wait, did you get your homework done last night? Yes. Are you positive? Yes, I did it. Swear to me! I swear I did it, I swear. Oh, okay. Have a nice day. I put a snack back in your lunchbox. Do you, Chris, take this woman to be your lawfully wedded wife? Do you promise to barrage her with obscure facts concerning comics, movies, TV shows, and toys? I do. And Cindy, do you take this man-child to be your lawfully wedded husband? Do you promise to humor him by engaging him in his obsessive ramblings, for better or worse, in pre-crisis or in post? Sure, why not? Then by the power invested in me by the High Father of the Fourth World, I now pronounce you Supermates. You may podcast with the bride. Okay, so welcome back to the uh, third episode of Supermates. That's right, number three. Number three, and uh, you know, this is where, you know, I don't, there's not, probably not too many sequels where the third one's, a movie series or whatever where the third one's better. I can't. I can't think of one off the top of my head. Oh, why would you bring that up? Just let people listen and make up their own minds. Shut it. No, I think this, but I, well, I was going to say, this is going to be the exception to the rule because I think we've got better sound equipment and I think we're going to we're gonna try to keep things more loose. Um, I'm not going to write 150 pages worth of notes. I mean, it was like being back in college again. I mean, come on. Reading reports. Yeah, I think we're going to try to keep things more loose. Uh, you know, some people like are really good at at uh, on on podcasts to listen to reading reading like these really detailed notes and and I know the, uh, Andrew Leyland does a fantastic job on the Hey Kids uh, Comics podcast of reading notes, but 
I think I think um, it's, especially me. I think we all benefit if we kept it a little bit looser. So we're going to try to keep things a little looser. Oh, let's just get get going and just come on. Let's uh, go. So, but uh, we're going to talk about Batman the Animated Series. Um, uh, two of our favorite episodes today. We're actually going to do uh, commentaries. We're going to talk. Yeah, everybody that's listening to this knows what a commentary is, but we're going to actually play the episodes uh, while they're. Uh, you know, and we're gonna play them, talk talk about them while they're running. And so we've got um, uh, Robin's Reckoning, which is if you've got the um, the old um, the original Batman the Animated Series uh, DVD collections, it's uh, Volume Two, Disc One. Uh, that's uh, that's where Robin's Reckoning Part One and Part Two is. But we're just gonna talk about Part Part One tonight. And uh, so we'll do that one first. But before we get into that, we uh, probably want to talk a little bit about the uh, kind of, not so much the history of the animated series, because there's tons of that out there. I mean, there's books. There's a great book uh, by Paul Dini and Chip Kidd called Batman Animated. I highly recommend that to anybody that's a fan of Batman the Animated Series. Mine copy is dog ear and just falling apart. Uh, but uh, there's that. There's a there's a great book um, uh, of uh, Bruce Tim, uh, Modern Masters by Two Morrows. They did a Modern Masters volume on Bruce Tim. That's got a lot of great information. So I think uh, yeah. But be careful when you're looking for books by Bruce Tim because I ordered a book for Chris called Nice Girls, and let me tell you, they're real nice. Yeah. I mean, it's a good book, but let me tell you, that's one that stays in another room where our son does not have access to it. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of a surprise. I knew, you know, Tim. Tim likes to do good girl art, and uh, yeah, but this is uh, this. I don't know if you can call this good girl art. It's good, but the girls aren't good. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but anyway. Uh, yeah, try and give that to your husband for a present. That was kind of an odd <laughs> gift to give you. Sorry about that. <laughs> That just makes you even cooler as a wife. I mean, you're sitting here doing a podcast and you give me something like that. Uh, but anyway, so Batman the Animated Series, uh, you know, I had heard, you know, going back, it debuted in 1992 um, in, uh, following the release of uh, Batman Returns in the theaters that year. So, you know, Batmania had never really died since 89 when the first uh, Tim Burton movie came out. And because that movie was so su- successful... You know, Warner Brothers Animation, they said, we got to get a Batman cartoon going. So uh, they had just recently kind of revived Warner Animation. They were doing uh, Tiny Toons, um, and um, they, you know, basically they pitched it to some of the people working there. And, and independently of one another, uh, Bruce Tim and Eric Radomski came in with pitches for it. And um, I think Jean McCurdy was the Warner Brothers Animation head. She put them together and, you know, there it was. It started the ball rolling, but um, in sometime in 1992, I picked up an issue of Comic Scene Magazine, which was uh, for those of you who don't know, it was a magazine. You could you could actually I bought it at the like the drugstore up the street where I bought most of my comic books growing up. Uh, it was a mainstream magazine. It actually made it into mainstream places. Uh, but it was almost should have been called Comic Screen because it was almost always about comic book adaptations into movies and TV shows. And they'd have this laundry list in the back that these things that were in development. Well, I mean, there was stuff in development that didn't come out until like well, last I mean, year. You know, just like anything, there's always stuff in development, that, but that doesn't necessarily mean 
that it's going to see production. Right, right. I mean, there was there was you know all, almost every Marvel movie that's come out, you know, within the last ten years was in the back of that magazine twenty almost twenty five years ago. Uh, but anyway, there was an, there was an, and there are some movies that needed to stay in production <laughs> and not make it out in pre production. Yeah, uh, but um, there was a um, issue that had Batman, the animated series on the cover. And was, uh, I remember this green cover with Batman swinging at you. First time I ever saw the Batman animated series, and this sounds blasphemous, but. I really didn't like the look of it. I thought, oh my God, this why is this so cartoony? They've got the Tiny Toons guys doing this. I mean, it, it was so overtly animated, so cartoony. It was, and you know, I, I, well, where's their muscles? You know, why, why is Batman's arm like one big straight block just coming down from his shoulder into his forearm? I mean, as, as an artist, I was just like, oh God, this is going to... I was excited about hearing they were doing a Batman cartoon, but I don't want to, I don't, I'm not going to like this. And, uh, you know, and I read Boy, the... Boy, how times change. Yeah, yeah, ate crow shortly thereafter. But, um, you know, I I read the article, and I really, you know, liked what I was hearing. It sounded exactly what I wanted to hear, that they were going to, you know, take a... Um, you know, an adult approach to it. It was going to be accessible to kids, but it wasn't, you know, this definitely wasn't the super friends, uh, you know, and, and, you know, it, it was going to, it was going to be the modern interpretation of Batman, uh, from the comics. Um, you know, they weren't really going to follow the, the Burton movie, which I liked the Burton movie, but I was glad to see it was more based on the comic book. Um, there were a few elements from the Burton movies, but not much. And, uh, so, you know, and then... Sorry. Burton movies, not a fan. Can't help it. Well, I... You can't get me to agree otherwise. Well, I'm not going to try. I mean, that, I, I appreciate them for what they are, and, I, and at the time I loved them, and I can I can enjoy them today. Not so much Batman Returns. That that one's just... Other than Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman, that's kind of a hot mess, and, you know, poor Michael Keaton barely gets anything to do in it, and he just kind of wanders around through the movie while, you know... Danny DeVito's biting the heads off, you know, fish and people's noses off, and and it's just it's just it's just Tim Burton run wild, unchecked, basically. Uh, but um, I don't know. The only thing those Batman movies ever have for me is the fact that we were actually watching one the first time that you and I kissed. Yeah, yeah, the first Batman movie you hadn't seen it, which I was going to get get around to, you know, asking you about the animated series here in a minute, but. You know, by the time it debuted, you and me were already dating, so you, your exposure to it came through me, I'm sure. But uh, but anyway, it did, you know, when it, when it came on, uh, it actually debuted like three times over a weekend because it was, it was and, and you will read this in several places, but it's wrong. Batman the Animated Series was not intended to be a primetime TV show. It was intended to be a stripped Monday through Friday afternoon cartoon in the Fox Kids block. Fox bought the show and um, they aired it weekdays, but they did they did pre- premiere it, preview it. I'm sorry, they preview, previewed it the Saturday before that first Monday, but the first episode they showed was The Cat and the Claw, which is one of the worst 
of the early episodes. I mean, the one with the chick in the red, red claw. Yeah, it was yeah. it was Kate Mulgrew that later played Janeway on Voyager. Oh really? Yeah, was she was the voice of her. But you know, and it's just it's it's kind of a the first part of it's not so bad. The second part's one of the worst episodes of the series. It's kind of a throwaway. Yeah, it's just kind of forgettable. But you know, it's cool to see Catwoman. I'm I'm sure they led with it because of Batman Returns and Catwoman was hot and you know popular. Um, but you know, and I was kind of like, eh, well, the you know. The opening animation showed me that, okay, this is going to work. The animation in that episode is not the greatest. And we'll get into that later about how they, you know, they they farmed out the shows to different uh, foreign studios. And they kind of, they never really knew how it was going to come back a lot of times. Uh, But um, the the, the cool thing was uh, the next day, Sunday night, like at 7, I think it was, they showed the, the actual... Uh, another sneak peek for, I guess, an older audience, and they showed the actual pilot episode, the first episode produced on Leather Wings, and um, that's a great episode, and uh, the animation's great, the, the story's great, it's got Man Bat, mm-hmm. who if anybody's listened to the Power Records podcast that I've co-host uh, with uh, Rob Kelly. I like Man Bat. <laughs> so, uh, um, you know, the fact that they went that deep and used Man Bat, it's like, okay, these guys get it. They're, they're, they're freaking using Man Bat. Um, and then the next day, when they actually debuted it when it was supposed to, they it was Heart of Ice, which is, to many people, the greatest episode of the series that actually made Mr. Freeze a real character, um, you know, and gave him a great backstory. And well, to me, that's the greatest thing about the Batman animated series. Bruce Tim took, honestly, some really lame characters or basically cardboard standout characters, fleshed out their stories, gave them backstories, gave them believable reasons, quote-unquote, for their actions. I mean, you could actually get into it, you could understand it, and yes, it's... It, is a cartoon for children, but there is that's one of those things that it transcends the age limitations that are perceived to be on it. I mean, I love it, and the Bruce Tim universe is how I view DC history, or at least Batman's universe, anyway. Well, yeah, I mean, they you know, that was kind of the episode where they really showed their knack for okay, taking, taking these characters that had been around for some of them for 50 years at that point. And, and really, you know, getting to the core of them. And if they were an underdeveloped character like Mr. Freeze, you know, you know, he had nothing going for him other than he was on, you know, the Batman TV show like three times. Uh, really. And, you know, in the comics, he was like a knockoff of Captain Cold. Uh, so, and Captain Cold actually debuted first. Uh, so, you know, but they gave him a great backstory. And that was just, you know, one of the, the first of many villains that they they gave a more a, a greater motivation to. Uh, you know, even characters that had great motivations, like Two-Face, they fleshed it out. They they added the whole wrinkle of Harvey Dent had a split personality to begin with. Mm-hmm. Uh, made it much more believable that, you know, this, be, would, come about. this would come about from him being scarred like that. And, uh, and, and like the Mad Hatter, they gave him a great motivation. So, you know, people, characters like that, that... You know, before we're almost just, you know, they were like, you know, they really were in many ways like they were on the Adam West TV show. They were the antagonist of the month. You know, uh, you know, they were the villain of the of the freak month, of the, week. the freak of the week that just passed through town. And, you know, Batman and or Robin 
captured them, threw them in prison or Arkham, and they didn't really get into it. But you really kind of got to care for them. And, it, you know, of course you had, uh, you know, you had the music that Shirley Walker gave everybody a theme. And, uh, you know, it was just, it, it just was such a, every episode was like a production. And, uh, you know, we, you know, we're going on and on about this. Everybody that, that, that knows anything about Batman animated series knows it's great. Uh, you know, there, we said that about the cat and the claw. There are some clunkers. There's some clunkers. Uh, most of them occur early in the run. It's kind of weird if you, Ooh, Ooh, the farmer went. Well, that's later, yeah. But but still, but I'm that saying. one's intentionally that way. Um, if I, I kind of, I'll, I'll go uh, defend that one a little bit uh, because it's intentionally supposed to be like a kitschy, like like a fifties uh, sci-fi horror movie. Oh, honey, Critters. we will talk about that. That Critters. is just stupid. That's, I'm sorry, but that is up there with the stupidity of Caddyshack, <laughs> a movie that it will. Oh no. <laughs> Well, but it, she hates Caddyshack. I can't tell you why she will watch any other of the various... And it's bad that you said about Caddyshack, because I think Harold Ramis... I don't know if he directed it or he wrote it, but he passed away this week, and here we are dissing it. But, but he's, he was great in many other things, but... but uh, I'm sorry, <laughs> but I love you dearly, but I'm just not going to agree with you just on the basis that I'm married to you. You're wrong. <laughs> but anyway... Uh, so I forgot where we were. Where were we? Uh, Talking about the coming on. Da, 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 da. Oh, but the, the 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 earlier episodes are kind of if you, if you pay attention to the production, how things worked out. You had you had uh, uh, Tim Aradomsky, and you had a few other people come in from like Tiny Toons, and Paul Dini comes in, and he was he kind of helped like shape the story bible, but he had to leave. I think they did that. That Tiny Toons movie house spent my summer vacation or whatever. And he left, and some other people came in, and there was a lot of back and forth early on. And you got some people coming through there that really didn't understand where they were trying to go with the show. They tried to kind of... They, they came from more traditional Saturday morning animation-type shows. Then you got scripts like, I got Batman in my basement, and, uh, and, and shows like that, and, 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 and stuff that, you know, that had these kind of messagey type shows and, and the PSA the of PSA the type shows and, uh, and oh the rat catcher in the sewer yeah that's another one yeah 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 and and uh, the sewer king or whatever he was I can't even think of his name but um, yeah those type of shows exactly and you know eventually those people I guess left on their own accord or were kind of shown the door I don't know but you eventually settled on this team that was basically Tim Radomski Paul Dini came back and Alan Burnett, and uh, Alan Burnett was they, they all four were producers, and uh, and 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 Dini and Burnett uh, wrote several episodes too, and uh, Burnett had actually done wonders with the Super Friends franchise when he they changed it over to Superpowers and kind of up the quality and the maturity of that show, and that's where you got that great episode, The Fear. He wrote that, which was kind of a pilot for a Batman series then. And that's like a standout episode that almost... I mean, it's not to the level of the animated series, but it's getting there, you know. But uh, but so you got, you know... Rob, Robin's Reckoning Part 1 kind of comes in that... in the seems to come when they were getting in that, that steady stream of can't-miss episodes. 
and uh, it actually won Emmys for him. I mean, uh, you know, it's just a great retelling of Robin's origin, um, and uh, you know, set. Of course, the majority of the story is set in modern times, but you do flashbacks to Robin's origin. And I've always been a sucker for Robin's origin uh, ever since I got that uh, reprint comic from uh, Fig Newtons uh, <laughs> that had um, Detective 27, the case of the chem uh, Chemical Syndicate, uh, the first Joker story, and the first Robin story from Detective 38. It had them all in one comic. And, uh, you know, just to see Robin's origin adapted uh, into an episode into anything I mean it hadn't been this was before Batman and Robin the movie the uh, the old TV show never touched upon it they mentioned Bruce Wayne's parents being murdered a couple times they never mentioned anything about where Dick came from uh, and uh, you know another thing that I liked about the animated series is they didn't use Robin very often but when they did they used a college age Robin um, who you know came in during breaks and things and even in this episode, he says, you know, I don't get to do this very often anymore. And and that really appealed to me because when I was coming up real young reading comics or having comics read to me, that's when Robin Dick was at Hudson University. And, you know, he would have his own solo feature in, like, Detective or Batman Family. But he would come in, like, during the summer months, they'd have a couple issues with Robin in them. So to me, this felt, this was like my Batman, you know, mm -hmm. even though they put him in Tim's outfit. Uh, the new Robin outfit that Neil Adams had just designed for the comics and potentially for that Tim Burton movie that, you know, they never got Robin in one of Tim Burton's movies. It was going to be Marlon Wayans, so let's be glad they didn't. Uh, uh, but <laughs> Visible <laughs> but, shutter. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, so, uh, which explains the weird high-top fade that Kenner action figure that was in Batman Returns has. Uh, but uh, anyway... Uh, so I really liked what they did with Robin, and uh, you know they the you know you can't talk about Batman the animated series without talking about Kevin Conroy, uh, and you know Kevin Conroy is Batman. You can't get him out of your head when you're reading a comic book. You hear Kevin Conroy. I think most, I think almost everybody that's a Batman fan will agree with that. I don't know how many people, I've, and, and I didn't even know other people were doing it. It's just after he after I watched so many episodes of that, it's like. That's him. And you actually hear a lot of these people's voices, you know, uh, that, uh, you know, Two-Face, you know, it's, it's Richard Marble from Night Court. <laughs> but the, you... the casting director for Batman the Animated Series, she, her choices are spot on. Yeah. Who she chose for those parts was spot on. I don't think there is any voice that is out of place. No, that's Andrea Romano. She's the... Voice, uh, the voice director and she, casting director, she went on to um, do you know almost all the DC animated things mm -hmm. and uh, and you know even when she recast, it's still like okay, it's not the animated guy, but it works. You know, like uh, Diedrich Bader on the oh, Brave yeah, and the Bold. He's yeah. he's a great Batman too, but you know you can't, I just can't supplant uh, Conroy and uh, you know, of course, Mark Hamill is the Joker. You know, I mean, he is the Joker. You can't, I mean, you can outdo Jack Nicholson and Heath Ledger in those roles who were great in it, those roles. But I still hear, um, I still hear uh, uh, Hamill. I still hear Conroy. Uh, Lester, that, uh, Lauren Lester that played Robin was great. I kind of hear a combination of him and or Burt Ward, depending on. That, that's the only thing. I mean, 
still Burt Ward. I remember when I was a little girl watching reruns of Batman the Animated Series. You know, all the other, all my other little girlfriends thought that Batman, you know, Adam West was cute and everything else. But at the time, I thought Burt Ward was cute. <laughs> now, later, when we met Adam West and, you know... He said, hello there. Voice like <laughs> butter. <laughs> oh. Hello, citizen. You give he didn't me say strange so. stirrings in my utility belt. He did not say that. Don't spoil that memory. <laughs> now, come on. Uh, okay. And the Riddler kissed me, so there you yeah, go. Yeah, the Riddler, Frank Gorshin, kissed her, so it's cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, but So, yeah, we probably should start watching this and talking about it. Uh-huh. Uh, we've rambled enough. Before we uh, get into that, though, we're going to take a little break and play a trailer, and this one will be for the aforementioned Hey Kids Comics, which is a fantastic podcast by my buddy Andrew Leyland and his son Michael. So uh, take a listen, and we'll be back. Hey, Michael. Hey, Dad. We need to record another new trailer. Another one? Yes. You know that we read comics and then talk about comics, because as we've established, talking about comics you've not read is just dumb. Yeah, and you make me do it every Thursday. Well, we've moved. Have we? Yes, we have outgrown our old location. I don't feel like I've moved. And we have now moved to twotruefreaks.com. What was that again? Twotruefreaks.com. Aikis Comics, still every Thursday at twotruefreaks.com. Okay, we're back. And so... We've got our uh, Batman Animated Series Volume 2, Disc 1, DVD in. We've selected episodes, and we're right on top of Robin's Reckoning. We're going to hit play here in a minute. You should be seeing uh, Commissioner Gordon in his Dairy Queen swirly hairdo <laughs> and Kyodai Ken jumping through a fan or something in the background. Uh, so we're going to hit play on go. So we're going to go count to three and then say go. One, two, three. Go. Da-da-da-da-da. So there's the Warner Brothers symbol turning into blimps. And uh, we'll see the opening that we see, you know, five million times, but you just never get tired of it. This opening was actually based on the, um, the uh, uh, presentation reel that, uh, that uh, Tim and Radomski did. Mm. To Warner Brothers, which it's actually on one of these sets, maybe the first one uh, or parts of it are. I don't think the whole thing quite exists. I can't remember now. It's been so long since I've seen it. But uh, when he narrows his eyes right there, you're like, ooh, yeah, S H I T G right hit the fan. Yeah, I always like this. The bob and weave right there is really mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, and you got the. I don't know. I just like the look because it's almost you know it's like it's back in the. 30s, 40s, 50s, and yeah. you know, it just, I don't know, I like the look of Gotham on this show. Well, and you know, uh, I think Gene McCurdy's, uh, uh, the the boss, their boss, the head of Warner's animation, uh, she said, make it look like Fleischer. So mm-hmm. it looks like the, okay. uh, that makes sense. The Fleischer cartoons, uh, the Superman, uh, Max Fleischer cartoons of the 40s, which were awesome, and still, it's like, how did they make that today? So, you know, you start out, you got Batman and Robin. Uh, they're watching this building. They're trying to, uh, this, this building skeleton, they're trying to catch these contract saboteur, contract saboteurs, as, you know, Batman Robin says. Robin gets an antsy. Robin's you know, getting antsy. He's, he's kicking around. The, the fact that this starts at a, on a, you know, a, a building skeleton is, is kind of neat because uh, 
the original Robin origin story ended uh, on a you know on a in a set like this set piece. So it was kind of neat, nice and easy. Time to kick butt. Yeah. <laughs> one thing that's kind of odd about this, if you pay attention to the series, they and I think Bruce Tim even says it on one of these DVDs that they had trouble getting Robin's green right. It was they never were quite happy with the. It was usually like of a um, almost a blue green. Mm-hmm. Whatever reason, this this animation studio, um, and I think this might be is it Spectrum? I, I'd have to look at that. I got I got one magazine that lists all that. It's a Cinefantastic uh, magazine. But uh, they they actually did a good that job. That wrench just looks awful big. It looks a little out of scale. Well, I don't know. I mean, they are on a building. But they his greens are darker here, uh, I guess because it's at night, maybe. But it looks better than the greens usually do. This episode um, is uh, a little, the animation's a little lusher than usual. It's like the, the studio put a little extra dimension into it, probably beyond what was even in the, the storyboards and definitely what's in the model sheets. But, uh, you know, they, you know, we'll get to that in the second part of this episode. But one reason that Bruce Tim streamlined the designs later was to keep the episodes more consistent. Mm. But this is one of the cases where you don't mind that they kind of went, went, went off the boards. Bit, yeah. They didn't really lose the look of the series at all. They just enhanced it. It's like, it looks just like they had a bigger budget for this one. And I'm sure they really didn't. It just looks that way. And it's cool because it's such an important episode because it's Robin's origin. Um, actually, Lauren Lester that voices Robin, he was 32 when, when he uh, started on this series. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so if you think, uh, you know. Yeah, I think he's playing, say, 19, 20 years old. Yeah, if you think Smallville and shows like that have, you know, long-in-the-tooth actors playing teens. Right. You right. know, then uh, then here you go. So, you know, it's it's amazing to think, you know, even today, I don't know if they could get away with that rivet gun. Oh, I know. That's what I was like sitting that. here thinking, too. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, basically bullets. You might yeah. as well, you know. You know, they, there's there's a really cool picture in uh, the Batman animated book. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that shows all the things where Bruce Tim illustrates all the things that they weren't allowed to show. And it Alcohol shows, and nudity. Yeah, and, Batman's you know. like choking the Joker as they go out a window. There's a child hanging on him. It's child endangerment. Uh, it's. Uh, uh, you know, Catwoman's nude. She's got her bits covered up, but she's naked. Uh, there's Sorry cig- for you. There's Sorry. cigarettes. There's, I mean, there's everything. You know, Batman's got a piece of glass stuck in his eye. There, I mean, it's it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so Batman, they're trying to you know grill this guy and and find out who he's working for, and he's not going to tell them. Which you know, this guy's got one hell of a grip to hang on to a. I know. A I was trying gun. to figure it out. I was like, hmm. Yeah, it's like you know, I think I'd be. You'd probably be pretty sweaty palmed right now. Yeah. You know, these these type of things are always cool, but I always wondered, what if they didn't catch him? Right, right. <laughs> what if Robin had an off day or he sneezed when he <laughs> throws his bola out? I mean, <laughs> would they just kind of cover it up and tell Gordon? It's like, oh, he slipped, you know, or something. <laughs> you know, so now this guy's going to, you know, finally tell him the name. He told him uh, uh, Billy Marin. Um, oh yeah. Which uh, Batman all of a sudden gets real, you know, they're having fun, uh, you know, for Batman. He's being kind of, you know, having fun with Robin, but now he's like putting the brakes on him, treating him like a kid again, and right. Well, and Dick doesn't age, understand why. Yeah. He doesn't understand why, but Batman knows why. So 
And now, if you think Robin was hard to deal with, oh, honey, let me talk to you. Mm-hmm. He's like, hmm, do I want to drop that far down? No. <laughs> I really like the way the Batcave, the opening works, and, and, I, and I, I like this Batmobile. It's cool. That's one of the one of the better Batmobiles. Sometimes it looks kind of, it's according to how they animate it, but it looks really good in this episode. I know they say sometimes it, <laughs> the way they animate it, it looks rubber because it looks like it's going around the, you know, bins and, you know, it, it's, right, it, it looks right. like it's, they didn't know how to animate something like that. Of course, you got to have the turntable ever since Adam West had one to, I, turn, I, the, to turn the Batmobile around. I, I know, and you will think this is blasphemy, but... The, the whole, I mean, he's got a road in there. I still wonder, how did he get that done without somebody else knowing what was going on? <laughs> I mean, come on. He made a road. He made Alfred do it. Yeah. Alfred is uh, voiced by Ephraim Zimless Jr., who was the uh, uh, lead on the FBI TV series in the 60s, which was pretty big back then. So Robin Sulkin, this is kind of you know th- this is kind of the first episode where they really kind of address the uh, the divide between Batman and Robin. Well, he's growing up. Robin hadn't been in a whole lot of episodes before this, at least air wise. Um, I think maybe just a handful. Uh, the the Fear of Victory one with the Scarecrow and the college where he's fixing the college games. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then the the Christmas with the Joker, which was I think like the second episode produced, but they did of course didn't air it till. Christmas rolled around. This episode actually uh, originally aired uh, February seventh, nineteen ninety three. So we were still in high school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so it was, you know, uh, I, I taped these uh, when they were on. Okay, Robin. Well, we'll get to back to that in a minute. Robin's checking out who, uh, you know, who Billy Marion is. Who all his different aliases, aliases are? Yeah, his different alias. But what's his real name? One button, you know, comes up. Dun, dun, dun. Tony Zuko, which anybody that reads the comics knows who that is, because that is the guy that you know killed Robin's parents, or at least said it, said it about their their murder. Uh, the circus part here is really cool. Uh, the nice uh, flashback to the circus. Um, but I used to, uh, if I wasn't at home to record them because I worked, I was a stockman at Walmart in high school. Uh, my mom would uh, tape them or I'd have the VCR set up and yes you could actually set up a VCR to record despite what every movie tells you or TV show set in the 80s you could set up a VCR to record yeah (laughs) and low I mean that was one of those cases that when that was on I did not call you (laughs) I mean because you know you're supposed to want to talk to your girlfriend on the phone but not apparently when batman or the flash is on i talked to you when the flash was on i talked to you when the flash when he went back when he went to the future episode was on and my dad said wow it must be serious if he's willing to talk to you when the flash is on so, <laughs> so you know that uh, dick's got the uh, famous uh, original robin haircut here uh with the two spit curls, curls. And here we meet uh, Tony Zuko, who is voiced by uh, Tom Wilson, who is best known for playing Biff in the Back to the Future movies. That's right. I remember you telling me that. And oddly enough, he's also the voice of Dick's dad, John Grayson, in these flashbacks. Mm. So it's kind of weird he killed himself. But Oh, yeah. Now, his voice really, in a way, is a little more cartoony than some of the voices typically are on here but it works some of the 
and you'll get later you get some some of the mobster type guys kind of had that over the top usually the the voices here were they didn't cast voice actors they ca- cast like character actors so you didn't get that cartoony feel they and they they you know they treated it like a radio play they recorded it as, together, as, yeah. together as best they could sometimes they couldn't but they usually recorded it in like one setting in a room um uh, but uh oh yeah the famous the, knife the famous knife. he's cutting a rope sometimes it's acid sometimes it's a knife it's just according to which version it is but but uh oh and and dick's mom uh was voiced by diane pershing who was a voice of poison ivy she only got like one or two lines uh, yeah but uh you know she probably while she was in there voicing poison ivy like hey you want to read this oh sure you know but uh, but Wilson's voice is a little more cartoony. He's like, "In shorts, Mr. Haley." You know, it's it's a little broader, but it works because he just kind of comes across as just like a real. He's 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 trying to play in the big leagues, but he's a screw up, yeah. you know. And you get that later, and in the part two when he's you know he's, he's I, I, I don't spoil it. No, I, 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 well, we're going to talk about part two later. Yeah, exactly. Later. Did right. you? Of course, you saw young Bruce Wayne uh, being a you know the whole Playboy goofy, act, yeah, goofy, yeah, acting yeah. like a goofball, and uh, you know he's uh, Tim's dad's kind of rocking the uh, the uh, Howard the Howard Hughes or Tony Stark look there maybe, or Howard Stark maybe, yeah. <laughs> since Howard Stark Ooh. was kind of based on Howard Hughes, at least in the movies. And the ropes going a little the bit ropes more. Ropes going a little bit more, yeah. He comes back. Yeah. The way they handle this is just amazing. It silence. Yeah. I mean <laughs> the sting, you know, the music sting and just they you know they talked about uh you know they couldn't show it of course, but the the fact that they what they showed was actually a lot more effective. Oh, That's yeah. more effective than what's in Batman and Robin when it actually shows them tumbling to the ground. Oh, exactly. It's a lot more effective the, here than in that movie, which just proves they were right. So you got young Gordon, you got young Bullock. Bullock, yeah. Yeah. I always forget that he's in this episode. Yeah, Gordon looks exactly the same except his hair is reddish brown, which is in keeping with like the Batman Year One. And I'm sorry, but Harvey Bullock needs to stick to his suit. I'm glad he made detective because that uniform looks awful on him. Yeah, he looks like he looks like one of the clowns from the circus dressed as a cop. I always kinda, think he looks like a bellhop. He looks like Fred Flintstone, really. He kinda, oh, yeah. He kind of always does that. anyway. <laughs> you know, it's kind of neat that they bring up that, uh, uh, you know, that Bruce kind of keeps him as a, it's like a safe house more than a... Well, it makes sense. It makes I mean, sense. why would yeah. they take? I mean, why would they take Dick away from the only family he's known, the people that know him? But when you're talking about, okay, we've got to protect him. Let's put him with somebody yeah. that has all of these resources. Unconnected. Yeah, he's got resources. He's got to have you know good security. Being the richest guy in Gotham, um, so it does make sense. You know, that's another thing. Those guys, they didn't change anything. They just added a dimension to right. it. Right. It was just, you know, two lines that made it make so much more sense. Yeah. I really like how Wayne Manor really seems remote in this series. And, and where they put it kind of up on that cliff, it makes perfect sense for the bat boat and the bat wing, mm-hmm. you know, to... Well, ooh, and I like the foreshadowing there of the bat. That's nice. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It looks real castle when he comes up. Yeah, it does. It's like, uh, you know, the castle on the left. Uh, you can see Thomas and Martha's portrait. 
back there. They're in Bruce's room. This yeah. was this. I think Alfred says this is. I mean, where do you get canvas that big? That thing's ginormous. <laughs> They're rich. Well, that's true. They're loaded. Yeah, and see where it got them. Yeah. Bruce has got that same brown suit and yellow shirt that he wears throughout the at least first part of the animated series. So. Yeah, I always kind of got to wonder if his clothing choices harken back to the 70s, you know, the whole... <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Looks like some of the stuff they tried to put Clark Kent in to get him out of his blue suit and red black striped tie or something. I don't know. It always puts me in mind of uh, Brick Mantooth from the Mego Museum, that one outfit. Oh, yeah. yeah. Now, blink and you'll miss it, but over on the right, there's a portrait of Robin Hood. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so that's cool because that's where they got Robin's name, folks. It wasn't a bird. Okay, I mean, that might have kind of come later, but there's a reason he wears like a medieval-looking jerkin and chainmail shorts and, and boots like that. It's because he's supposed to emulate Robin Hood. <laughs> so we just had a little fast-forward to the present with Batman, but now we're back in, the, uh, back in the past, and, you know, Dick's lonely at the manor there. And they did, did give Dick a different set of clothes right there. He, yeah, he had on a yellow turtleneck before, and now I like this part with this uh, these guys in the alley. You kind of get a little. I always like the Batman and you know Batman in disguise bits. Oh yeah, the that's Batman Malone. in disguise. Yeah. yeah, he's not. I don't think he's Matches Malone. Oh, he's not. Okay. Now I think the only time they used Matches Malone on here was the Batgirl two part of the Shadow of the Bat. Oh okay. Yeah, they used him quite a bit on the Brave and the Bold. Uh, even that, you know, episode where he thought he was Matches Malone. But, yeah, they, here in a bit, when you get to see Batman, it's cool because you get to see the different design for the past, the Batman of the past. Oh, we're watching the show. We should really be talking. Oh, no, this is true. <laughs> this guy true. that... Uh, <laughs> we got, even though we got the sound down, we're still watching it. Uh, the guy that uh, is like throwing the dice, I, he, he reminds me of somebody, but I just can't think of it. He's like a real character actor, but I just can't I can't think of him. But he looks like he's going to do something. He just runs up and grabs the money, and then they get, you know, it's real dark. It's hard to see, but you can see there that he's got but, the yeah. ovalist bat, which I just was like, because, <gasps> you know, I love that look. Now I'm sick of it. I want the, I want the oval back. <laughs> they've over, they've oh, done dear. it to death. Yeah. Oh, son, you get ready to get a smackdown. Yeah. I ain't no squealer. Yeah. Crunch. Yeah. And all I got to do is pop my knuckles and, baby, you going to talk. This dude is very animated. I mean, that just shows you right there the, the lighting and the animation. It's more than what you usually get. I mean, even though the show looks great, uh, it, this show is just there's just much more of a I don't know the color palette and the shadows and everything is just like cranked up to 11 this guy here Arthur Stromwell he was uh, on the series previously uh, in an episode called It's Never Too Late and uh, in that episode which was of course set in the present it's kind of all about his uh, his reform and uh, how he's going to come clean and it involves him and his brother, who is a priest. Oh, yeah. It's uh, you know, it's one of those episodes. There's no way they could do a show like that now. It's just about two uh, about a gangster. There's no super villain in it, um, you know. But uh, it was a cool. I, one thing I liked about here uh, this show. Another thing I liked about it, of course, 
was that they really kind of you got a feel for Gotham as a city, uh, the underworld. You know, uh, you had people like him, Rupert Thorne, Roland mm-hmm. Daggett. They showed up, uh, you know, in and out of plot lines. Uh, a lot of times they weren't the big bad of the piece. There was a one of the super villains, yeah. but they were behind the scenes, you know, pulling strings or involved some way or another. And then you had locales that showed up, like the Stack Deck Club, and then, of course, later the Iceberg Lounge with the Penguin. But it, it, you really felt like Gotham was a real city. It, they, they went back to the, the different locations. It wasn't just they made up something every week. <laughs> he starts beating him with the newspapers, you know. You know, blank slapping him. Yeah. Basically yeah. what he's doing. Yeah. Beating him like a bad puppy. Yeah. Now, Stromwell's kind of got, he's got that almost Edward G. Robinson. It's like, you've gone too far, see? Nah, nah. He's almost, he's, I was saying the, the, the gangsters are a little, a little, played a little broader than the, than the other characters in a way. They're, but maybe that might be one way they got away with, you know, using real guns and things because they, they made them slightly more cartoony maybe because, mm. I mean, they're shooting Tommy guns. I think the reason they were able to use Tommy guns is because, you know, they didn't think a kid's going to find a Tommy gun. Right, right. Uh, they couldn't use, like, real, you know, contemporary machine guns. But there you got a pretty good shot of Batman's cool costume. He's got, it's basically the year one look, but he's got the the early finless gauntlets, like, from, you know, after, you know, somewhere around, like, Detective 33 or something like that, which is cool. He could smell his sweat. <laughs> <laughs> this is a little goof here in a second uh, or maybe it's not a goof but it's just weird um, he's got another yellow belt under his utility belt <laughs> kind of makes you wonder hmm, yeah maybe so he knows where to put it next time when he puts it on yeah maybe 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 that's a strip <laughs> of velcro that helps keep his belt in place I don't uh, know who knows well maybe so might be so Alfred's basically like, you know, you got to go pay attention to this kid you brought in this house. He's been sitting up in this room by himself, you know. Why don't you go? go I mean, talk he's to a him? little boy. Yeah, that's the mom in me. So yeah. this is this is where Bruce relates what happened to him, and that they, you know, this is where you really get the connection between the two. He's got tickets to the ball game, but you know, Dick's like, yeah, great. Yeah, yeah yay. Yeah, my parents are still dead, dude. <laughs> no easy fix here. No. And Dick's blaming himself for not doing more, you know, that he saw Zuko and knew something was up with him. Oh, I think it's kind of creepy that here in the background. Yeah. The Well, foreground, rather, there's the Joker coming out. Yeah, it's kind of like there's there's portents to the life he's going to lead, you know. Yeah. It's, it's kind of neat. And uh, there, yeah, there's the there's the Waynes again, and uh, there's a few times on here you you saw Thomas and Martha in a flashback or mm-hmm. a dream sequence, and Kevin Conroy was the voice of Thomas Wayne, Wayne, yeah, as well. So he's you know Robin's trying to get Batman on the horn, and he knows what's going on now, and he's ticked that he's not letting him in on it. Oh, he's losing his crap. Yeah. So you know he's gonna ride off against orders and and you know maybe not ever again you know and 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 i when i first saw this one i hadn't heard anything but i thought are they gonna have him become nightwing right yeah right right here right here i thought okay i don't really think they're going to but there's a strong possibility that 
next episode he right. quits being Robin and becomes Nightwing. Um, of course, that didn't happen, uh, but uh, you know it was. It still was it kind of sowed the seeds for it. Though. Yeah, I mean, you, it, it kind of you know. I mean, they obviously they patch things up, but you know this this is kind of the first hit, real hint we're getting that there's. You know they're growing apart, different. You know, in in, in ways and different ways, and but uh, so yeah, that was uh, that was uh, Robin's reckoning part one, and we'll we'll talk about part two. Um, you know, briefly. Uh, unfortunately, part two, it, it's it wraps things up, but it's just not as strong as part one. And and Bruce Tim and all of them will tell you that the animation's not nearly as good. Um, I think a different studio did it or a different team at that studio. Mm-hmm. And uh, all that uh, extra dimension that the studio here gave it, it's gone. Um, Batman in the flashbacks, he's he's like that. It's a lot like, he looks even more like the uh, new Batman Adventures look. His blacks are real flat. Uh, you know, uh, Dick's, uh, probably what it is is those guys in the second episode were more on model. <laughs> But uh, they just didn't give it that extra oomph. But the story's, I mean, the story's good and, and, and everything. And, and It's just not quite as visually appealing. No, that's that's really it, you know. And, and uh, you know, and you know, Dick, uh, you know, Batman tracks Zuko. And, uh, well, in the flashbacks, it shows, you know, Dick taking matters into his own hands. And uh, he goes after Zuko and uh, goes looking for him. He's going around town. He's got a picture of him. And... And uh, he at one point he actually comes up on a grifter and her a female grifter and her partner uh, who says you know she's holding money out on him and uh, you know you don't have to read too far into think okay uh, that's the pimp and he's beating on his prostitute oh yeah uh, <laughs> and Dick you know comes to a rescue and and then she takes him and buys him some something to eat. And uh, what's really weird is that she looks like Betty Page. Yeah, I thought that too. Yeah. She does look like. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like the, those guys intentionally made her look like Betty Page, which is kind of cool. Uh, but uh, and Dick, you know, Dick finds Zuko, uh, but unfortunately, Zuko finds Dick as he's trying to call the cops, and uh, then Batman shows up, and uh, he's almost got him when Dick loses it and goes starts beating on him, and Zuko knocks him into the the reservoir, which they're right by, and. And Batman has to save him, so they lose Zuko, and and uh, and Batman takes him back to the cave, and you know reveals he's Bruce Wayne, and and uh, you know you kind of see the look on his face, you know, okay, this is the moment where he takes him in as his partner, right, and starts to train him. But uh, unfortunately, you don't get to see him as Robin in the flashback, no, and so you don't get to know in the animated continuity did he ever wear the original suit, suit. Um, you know. Uh, Later on, when they introduce Tim, I think he says a line in the new Batman Adventures, the first episode with him, where he's like, that's the original Robin costume, isn't it? And it's the red and black one, you know, that's all red and black, no green. And he puts it on, so you got to assume at some point Dick wore that. But did he wear the original Robin costume? These are the type of things that bothered me. You know, I was like, ah, I got it, you know. But it's kind of cool that they don't tell you. Let it go, honey. Minutia. minutia. Well, but this is the same stuff that keeps people up at night trying to figure out where does Teen Titans fit in. Does Teen Titans fit into the continuity of Batman the Animated Series? La, 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 la. Batman the Animated Series (laughs) and Justice League and and all those shows. I mean, you know, and and, there's different theories that it does and it doesn't, but, you know. But uh, but anyway, in the in in the current time of 
of the Robin's Reckoning Part 2. In the present, uh, Batman finds Zuko, Robin finds Zuko, and uh, Batman gets injured trying to capture him. Uh, and they fight on a like a boardwalk uh, uh, carnival, um, merry-go-rounds and all that stuff. And uh, Robin ends up, you know, coming in on his motorcycle and dragging Zuko down the pier, which is it's pretty violent if you think about it. I mean, he's on a motorcycle and he grabs a hold of him and drags him down a freaking pier. So that had to hurt. Uh, but um, so, you know, at the end, you know, they capture him. And now Zuko would have to be pretty dense to not figure out that this guy's got to be Dick Grayson, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, but, you know, of course, you never see Zuko again, so it doesn't matter. Uh, but, uh, you know, he'd have to have a pretty good idea. And it, then it wouldn't take too much to figure out who Batman was. But, you know, so they capture him. And, you know, Batman tells him, you know, I, the only reason, you know, the reason he shut him out on the case was not that he was afraid of what Robin would do, but he was just afraid that Zuko, you know, he had he had done so much damage he was afraid he would do something to Robin, you know. And they have a nice little moment where they, you know, walk off in the sunset, and, and that's how it ends. So it was a cool father-son moment, mm-hmm. you know, between them. And it was a good ending, uh, but it just it's just a shame that this one just doesn't have that. It just doesn't – it's just lacking something. There's not that visceral punch that this one's got. But, um, you know, this, this is my – probably – I mean, I know there's others that – I love Let On Leather Wings. Heart of Ice is great. Uh, you know, uh, the uh, Almost Got Him with all the villains. Uh, uh, the Laughing Fish episode. There's there's a lot of great episodes, but this is my personal favorite of the first of the first bunch. What did you have one that you like more than this one? Oh, I mean, there, there's like you said, there's so many of them. It's hard to choose if there's one that stands out more than the others. Honestly, it's probably, you know, Heart of Ice with Victor Freeze. I mean, if I had to pick a favorite. Yeah. I, I know you like the Harley and Ivy one, the first one with them, too. Right. And, I mean, yeah. I like it because it's fun. Yeah. But as far as what gets you and what makes you think, hey, they've got this right, is Heart of Ice. Yeah. To me, you know, the Harley and Ivy, I mean, that's that's fun. Yeah, that's fun, yeah. Of course, and that's another thing. We and they t- shop, so that's always going to, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, and then, the, you know, the, that, the one where they're, you know, the, they're in the car and the guys are like, and apparently it's like based on Bruce Tim and, and Radomski and, and one of the other guys that worked on the show, and they're in the car and they're like, you know, wolf wolf whistling at the girls at Harley and Ivy and, and and they're you know like hey you better leave us alone and the guy's like what are you gonna do spank us and Harley's like yeah and here's the paddle and she pulls the bazooka out and like just blows her car up I mean, it's it's awesome <laughs> but uh, but uh, so that's it for the first version of Batman animated series so we'll go to a break and when we come back uh, we'll. Uh, tackle our uh, one of our favorites from the second version of the show the new batman adventures why do you think superheroes are so important people need heroes because they need somebody to inspire them something to aim for somebody to try to be like one is the man of tomorrow powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men. The other, the caped crusader, carrying out a solemn vow 
to spend his life warring on all criminals. For seven decades, they've been the world's finest heroes. They've teamed on radio, comics, newspapers, animation, and more. And now, they're teaming up for a podcast. To the Batmobile. Let's go. Up, up, and away! Atomic batteries. Turbines to speed. Superman and Batman celebrates more than 70 years of the world's finest team with randomly chosen stories featuring the Man of Steel and the Dark Knight. Superman and Batman, featuring your two favorite heroes in one podcast together. Find it today at greatcrypton.com. And that was a trailer for Michael Bradley's Superman Batman podcast, and uh, that's a podcast I really enjoy, so I highly recommend checking that out. It's a great show, and uh, so now we're on to the next segment of our show, and we're going to talk about the uh, the episode Legends of the Dark Knight from the uh, new Batman Adventures version of the uh, animated series, um, and uh, we won't go too far into the history, but just, uh, just a quick recap. Um, so the show aired on Fox uh, it, uh, for uh, several years. And actually, I forgot to mention. Although I said it, it didn't, it wasn't intended to be a primetime show, and it still wasn't. It did air in primetime for a while, like on Sunday nights for a while. There, Fox would air uh, Batman the animated series. I think they actually aired it. Aired uh, Robin's Reckoning, Part One and Two. I uh, remember something about that. Yeah, I think it was it was Sunday night. There were several that kind of debuted. On the weeknights, like I think it was Sunday night at seven or seven thirty, was before The Simpsons came on, and um, uh, so so it did air at prime time for a while, uh, and uh, and actually the show the show title changed uh, at at one point uh, they they changed it to The Adventures of Batman and Robin uh, because Fox uh, when they ordered more episodes um, past the initial sixty five they're like we want more Robin in them. Uh, and, Who doesn't want more Robin? Right. You know. So they the the show changed the Adventures of Batman and Robin, but other than Robin being more present, he still wasn't in every episode. They still snuck some in that he wasn't in. Uh, but uh, the you know you really you know the the design the 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 feel of the show really didn't change. Uh, but uh, the show ran you know the original episodes ran out and they ran reruns for a while, and then uh, uh, in '96 uh, the Tim and company had moved on to uh, start working on a Superman program, um, Superman animated series, for the WB, which had just started up. They just started the kids' WB. And uh, so when Tim went to Superman, he kind of like, you know, I, I'm not going to – He there are designs that, that are very uh, – that look like the initial Batman the animated series. They're very Fleischer-esque and very 40s, but he just he felt like they just couldn't re- recreate that on a television budget, so they didn't do it that way. So he streamlined and modernized the look of it, and uh, partially to keep uh, the animation studios, the overseas animation studios, more on model. I can't help it. I mean, I still feel, I guess, that I like maybe not the very first few episodes, but after they hit their stride, I mean... The new art style was okay, but I still like the older one better. I don't know. I, I kind of appreciate them both for different reasons, but uh, you know when. Uh, b- but basically, what happened was uh, 
uh, Fox didn't renew the their contract on the animated series. WB wanted it anyway. They wanted to add it to the Superman show, but then they wanted new uh, Batman episodes to mix in with the old. And uh, so having redesigned the Superman show, Tim looked at it and said, you know, I'm not going to do this the same way again. So um, he uh, streamlined everything. Uh, he simplified the already simplified designs, and everybody got a lot more uh, sleek. Uh, like Bruce Wayne's a good example. He's, you know, he had that brown baggy suit and kind of right. almost broken looking nose. It was supposed to be like a Roman nose, but a lot of times it looked like it had been broken. And uh, he really made him look slick, like a jet-setting millionaire, uh, more. And uh, you know, Batman got the he got the uh, the pouch belt and the uh, the no oval, and and uh, you know, they later on introduced a new Robin, and they pouch belt makes so much more sense, though. Yeah, well, that's true. But they introduced uh, Tim Drake as Robin. They kind of melded Jason Todd's post-crisis origin and, and Tim together and, and made a new young Robin and finally let Dick become Nightwing. Um, and the voice cast pretty much stayed the same for the most part. Most of the creators stayed the same on the show, too, um, other than Tim. Um, you had Dini, you had Burnett. Uh, unfortunately, Radomski, um, he had left the series. He actually came up with the whole the black uh, painting on black uh, background look of the show he did the most of the title cards the the distinct title cards for every episode um, and and it, I don't think that guy gets enough credit I mean I love Bruce Tim's stuff and he definitely deserves all the credit he gets Paul Dini also deserves a great deal of credit for being a producer and writing some of the best episodes as well as Burnett but you hear Tim and Dini brought up like sometimes like they're the only two guys that did the show uh, because they went and did the comics together later. They did Mad Love, they did this and that, and they both went on to a lot of more high-profile things. Um, but Radomski really gets kind of left out, and that's a shame. Uh, I think he brought a lot to the show. Uh, and now I still love the new Batman Adventures version, but it definitely they forged ahead in a kind of a different direction, because partially because he wasn't there. Um, so, But you did get a you know this new version. They, they, they're Aaron Superman, so... The show they changed Superman into uh, the new Batman Superman Adventures, and they would show an hour block and half hour be Superman, mm-hmm. half hour be Batman, and uh, they kind of introduced. Um, they had a world's finest uh, three parter. Uh, well, actually, I guess they I don't can't remember if they aired it as a movie first or a three parter first, but anyway, uh, they, they broke it up into three parts. Uh, you know, they they back and forth. Sometimes you know they'd have characters from the other series pop up in the other they were running at the same time and eventually they started doing Batman Beyond mm-hmm. they were doing three series at the same time uh, with a lot, all the same people working on them and in this show uh, you had guys like uh, uh, Glenn Murakami and uh, uh, James Tucker who kind of rose up through the ranks and became uh, either came on the show during this time or became more important and uh they went on to big things later, and we'll talk about that when we get into it. So uh, we've got um, we've got our menu up. Uh, we've this this episode is on Batman the Animated Series Volume Four, the new Batman Adventures volume, um, and it's on Disc Four, and it's the first episode, Legends of the Dark Knight. So we've got it queued up, and uh, we're getting ready to hit uh, uh, play. I will. Uh, Count to three and then say go. One, two, three, go.
and we're getting a little buzzy thing on ours. And there's Bugs Bunny now chewing on carrot. And uh, oh, we must have it set up for the old. You, you can set this up either way for the uh, <clears throat> new Batman Superman Adventures opening or the old opening. I wish I'd picked the other just so we could talk about it, but I'm not going to go back and change it now. Basically, there's not a whole lot new in those openings. It's mostly clips from the shows. Yeah. There's a few things, like you get like Batman pulling his mask down. You get a couple shots of Superman flying, silhouettes. It's real, even more streamlines than the shows themselves. Um, so it's kind of weird you get this original Batman opening, uh, and then you get a different Batman inside. But uh, they show this on the hub this way. You know, they, the hub airs these now, and uh, they always use this opening, so... Because they don't show Superman. I mean, they show right. Superman, but they don't show it at the same time. Uh, they don't show it in an hour block. So, But um, this episode uh, was Bruce Timm's idea just to kind of show the different, uh, different, some of the different versions of Batman. And uh, for anybody that's a real fan of the character, you know, with knowledge of the worth of Bill's finger, Dick Sprang, Frank Miller... Um, this this if I had to take one episode of Batman the Animated Series on a desert island it'd be this one hmm. <laughs> because this just gets you so much Batman in like a half hour I mean this Carrie Kelly yeah yeah Carrie Kelly uh, the girl looks like Carrie Kelly the the dark haired boy looks like young Dick Grayson uh, you know they all have different ideas of what Batman is uh, that's the whole shtick um, you know, Batman's kind of that urban myth. You don't, you know, they know he exists, but nobody gets a really good shot of him. Uh, you know, this kid thinks he's like some kind of pterodactyl monster. Uh, but uh, something special in his chocolate milk. Yeah, the, uh, you know, the funny thing is, is that uh, Tim, uh, uh, Tim came up with this idea, and uh, as soon as he came in and was telling everybody about it, they were like, "Oh yeah, this is like the Batman nobody knows." And there was a story in the 70s uh, called The Batman Nobody Knows. And uh, it uh, was written by Frank Robbins and drawn by Dick Giordano. And it's actually in the greatest Batman stories ever told. And uh, it uh, actually was from Batman number 250, July 1973. So this kid's telling a story about how his uncle, who's a guard at the the Walker, as in Shirley Walker, uh, Music Center uh, was, uh, you know... Encountered on guard duty, on guard duty encounters uh, the Joker and, and then Batman and Robin. And this is my favorite part of the episode because it's in the style of uh, Dick Sprang, uh, who was the best of the Golden Age Batman artists. Uh, I just uh, he took the uh, the Bob Kane template and uh, and just amped it up and and he was just a a thousand times better artist than Bob Kane. Uh, and after Bob Kane, you know he gets beat up a lot and he deserves a good chunk of it. But he did have a certain, um, you know, uh, he brought a certain atmosphere atmosphere to the early Batman stuff. But but uh, Sprang's just sense of design and panel layout and and it's just it's just fantastic. And uh, there's also uh, bits of this that are reminiscent of the the '60s filmation cartoons too, uh, like the when the characters will slide into the frame like their head will. That's very filmation. The Joker here, uh, he's got the very distinctive Dick Sprang Joker look. Zoot suit. 
He's got a zoot suit, yeah. He doesn't really so much have the tails as he's got that, you know, kind of zoot suity look on, which is cool. Uh, he is voiced by Michael McKean, who uh, most people will know him as Lenny from Laverne and Shirley of Lenny yeah. and Squiggy, and uh, as uh, uh, one of the guys in Spinal Tap. Um, but uh, if he's his other comic connection, he played Perry White on a couple episodes of Smallville, and he's actually married to Annette O'Toole. Right. <laughs> who played Martha Kent and, of course, played Lana Lang in Superman 3, so there's a lot of comic connections going on there. I just, uh, this ep- this part was boarded, uh, storyboarded, by James Tucker. And uh, James Tucker's a huge fan of Dick Sprang uh, in the, the, the uh, 50s, 40s, 50s Batman. And, uh, no, we gotta, we can't interrupt this part. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, but uh, Tucker uh, later went on to, he drew a very Dick Spring-like lost story in Batman number 600 after this, and then went on to uh, be the head guy on Batman the Brave and the Bold, mm-hmm. which is, you know, the Joker on that is very, very similar here. And there's, of course, elements of Batman and Robin that are, very spring-like, yes. and there's a lot of spring. The Riddler's very spring. Uh, there's a lot of Dick Spring elements in that, uh, so you can kind of almost look at this as like a dry run uh, for uh, the Brave and the Bold. Uh-huh. Um, and Tucker, it's funny because if you listen to the commentary on here, and <laughs> both these episodes actually have commentaries, so you can listen to the real people who made it or us schlubs talk about it, but uh, why not do both? Uh, but Tucker actually says, I'd love to do a Batman series like this. Yeah. And this was several years before Four he did man, it. Yeah. Before he did it. And he did it. So, uh, But uh, Batman here is voiced by Gary Owens, who is uh, a famous uh, announcer, uh, probably best known being on camera and off on Laugh-In. But uh, and he was also the narrator of those god-awful Legends of the Superheroes specials oh, wow. that had Adam West and Burt Ward. I'm still and, not quite sure I've forgiven you for having me watch those. Yeah. Ugh. Well, that was one of those weird things for years. I wasn't sure it really happened. <clears throat> and bringing it back to what we were talking about earlier, comic scene ran a photo from it. And I'm like, it was real. You know, I was just like, there was a show that had The Flash and Hawkman and and all and, and you know and 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 then I'm like oh no there couldn't have been you know no it's it, there's nothing wrong with the DVD player it's meant to do that <laughs> but uh, I was like oh but yeah but Gary Owens was he's done tons of things but most famously besides for superhero stuff the voice of Space Ghost oh wait 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 here's my part here's no my not part. yet not yet oh, you're not almost yet. there but voice of Space Ghost and voice of uh, the Blue Falcon. On the Blue Falcon and Dynamite, two very Batman-like characters. Mm-hmm. So, dun, 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 dun. as much as I oh, here we go. Roll, Roll Robin. Robin. That was we still say that at our house every once in a while. We'll just that's a famous. My uh, our son Andrew loved this episode too, and we had to watch it and watch it and watch it over and over again. And again. And again, and again. which never bothered me because you know I just love it. Well, Danny likes it, too, our little oh, yeah. girl. I 
just wonder, I mean, you think about how big this piano had to be oh, yeah, to I, accommodate this? I can't believe I haven't. Of course, the, the, the big props come, that was a staple of many of the stories Bill Finger wrote. And it wasn't a staple in all the stories he wrote, because Bill Finger wrote a ton of Batman stories, but he co-created the character. Uh, despite what your comic books will tell you, I'm, you know, I'm sure most people listening to this are into it enough, they know Bill Finger co-created Batman. And it's just Bob Kane's dad was a lawyer, and he was a shifty little sucker, so he got all the credit. Uh, <laughs> but uh, And the money. And the money. <clears throat> and Bill Finger died pretty much destitute, but uh, and fairly young, too. But uh, anyway, he would put a lot of huge props in a lot of his stories. And so this is a big homage to that, too. I love this part when he's like, how he catch, captures the Joker. Let's <laughs> see here in a minute. This is and the, the guys on the commentary say the same thing, but it's just funny how he, when he get, catches him in there and he blows on it. <laughs> oh my ears! I love this part. It's just it's this big sap in me that just loves this kind of Batman or Robin where they're just running like that. If you cracked my head open, they'd run out like that. <laughs> Here now, here's the part that you know really gets you. You just you know, and and I think Paul Dini says that you expect uh, in the Batman animated, you expect Batman to turn around, pull the cape around him, and then the logo change it to the he, he changed it to the Batman logo from the TV show. Right, right. I mean, so that that's definitely another influence right through there is the Batman, the Adam West '60s TV show. It feels like that too. Because that show was a pretty straight... I mean, it got goofier later, but it was a pretty straight adaptation. That guy right there uh, is uh, Joel Schumacher. Oh, yeah. You call oh, him yeah. Joel. Uh, you know, it's it's kind of really a plot shot <laughs> in I mean, a way. I, I would like to see what Joel Schumacher has to say about that. Well, you know, it's funny. He put in, he's got a nice thing to say about the animated series guys in the opening of that Batman animated book, but it might have been before he saw, saw this. this. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because that, ooh, yeah. it's rough. I've heard some people kind of take, they take a little issue with the, that they, they were kind of, you know, a little. Oh, here we go. Yeah, yeah. Here's my girl. Yeah. Yeah, now, now we're going to go to a completely different kind of Batman. <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. Although, I think uh, Frank Miller acknowledged both those guys in the, uh, you know, thanks to them and dedicated to in the Dark Knight. Uh, so, you know, you'd have to be under a rock to not know this is, you know, adapted from the Frank Miller's The Dark Knight Returns. Um, although Robin's not in that part in the book, they kind of, they kind of, they adapted for Jimmy pretty, did a little. They jimmied yeah. it a little bit to get Robin in there, and they kind of, later on, they merged kind of two different, two different parts of the book. Uh, now, I personally don't care for Batman's <laughs> look, the Frank Miller Batman. I mean, that's me. I do like Carrie Kelly. I mean, I just think I like the look of her. Yeah. I think it's something, honestly, about the visuals where she had that short red hair. It was just like it popped. Mm-hmm. You know? I always kind of wondered if he didn't have the back of his head. Wasn't thinking of Jill St. John from the first episode of Batman. Oh, that's true. That's uh, true. The Adam West Batman series because, you know, she she's disguised as Robin. And he rips, you know, Burt Ward turns his head like he's ripping the mask off. And then all of a sudden... they're. Now how did Bat? Now how in the hell did Burt Ward go from his figure to Jill St. John and Batman not notice? Oh, here, 
boobs in two seconds or less. Yeah, Batman, really, he must be real deep into his obsession with fighting crime to not notice that. But anyway, yeah, the, that shock of red hair, and her hair was real short. Then, right, you know, right. And it's kind of like that. So it, it's always, it always made me think of that when I first... Uh, when I first got the Dark Knight Returns. Now it's funny you mentioned the, uh, you know, really if you look at the Dark Knight Returns, Frank Miller's art style changes like every issue. Uh, when the f- the first issue, there's uh, there's still kind of that Neil Adams influence going on here and there. But by the time you get around to this segment, he's like really, you know, his his Batman's really changed. So they kind of homogenized the look and they had to kind of you know make it work for animation. Whereas the Sprang stuff really did work well. In animation, almost completely adapted straight. I mean, mm-hmm. they did they did change oh, things, yeah. but to the naked eye, you can't really tell. Uh, but they had to here for Miller stuff. Um, but uh, you know, you get to I kind of like the the stiff kind of the, the where she slides across the screen. It almost reminded me of the old '60s Marvel cartoons, but it it worked. Oh. You know. The color palette here is really different for them. It was in the spring part too, but it's it's got that muted color that uh, Lynn Varley gave the book, which she's uh, Frank Miller's wife. Um, she colored she colors most of well, his stuff. Well, the purple and the gray, and you know, yeah. the muddy colors. The muddies, very earthy. Yeah, very earthy colors. Batman here is voiced by Michael Ironside, who. Uh, most people probably know him as the villain in Total Recall and uh, the uh, the commander in the Starship Troopers, uh, and he was another connection to Smallville. He played Sam Lane. Oh, that's on, right. Uh, Lois's dad on a couple episodes of Smallville, and uh, the mutant leader is Kevin Michael Richardson, who later went on to play the Joker on The Batman, the Dreadlock Joker. You know, which I wasn't a fan of that. <laughs> that you know, that series had a couple uh, later seasons were decent, but it's just kind of I don't know. It's just kind of forgettable. You know, you've got you've got the animated series and Brave and the Bold stick out for me, and everything kind of else they've done. You know, Beware the Batman ain't been long enough to get attached to it yet because Cartoon Network refuses to you know promote a show they sink money into for some reason because they'd rather promote all those goofball things they like to air nowadays but we won't get into that uh, you're so boxing baby I, yeah i know but i just I, I it's not made for me and i understand that but i just i'm just like oh. <laughs> remember when they used to show justice league and teen titans and you know, <laughs> yeah very true good shows which uh yeah this this part here uh Batman looks like Clayface. I right know there. that's what I was doing. I was to waiting say. for uh, you know, waiting for Ron Perlman to start talking. Especially like the Imagine X uh, Clayface figure, like Danny's got, because it's more angular and stuff. Yeah, oh yeah, that's cool because you can like put figures down inside of him. Oh, I know Danny that's, has Clayface eat all kinds of people. Yeah, that's that's a really cool toy. <laughs> yeah, this is this isn't a junk heap. It's an operating table. Yeah. <laughs> and they got away with that. I mean, it's like that part right there is just nuts. I almost forgot to mention who boarded this sequence? Darwin Cook. Darwin Cook of New Frontier fame. Really? Yeah, he worked on animated series as well. I, I need to turn my card in. I almost forgot, even though it's in my notes here, I'm just kind of, you know, glossing over them. Uh, he boarded that sequence. 
and uh, he did the opening for Batman Beyond. Uh, and worked on that show as well, and of course went on to great things. And kind of funny, you know, Bruce Tim turned around, and ended up <coughs> being the producer on uh, adaptation of his New Frontier when they did that excellent movie adaptation of it. You know, uh, the direct-to-video version of it. So. It's kind of cool. There's, there's a lot of a lot, all these guys have went on to 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 great things. You know, uh, Tucker. He didn't. Uh, he's he's doing. Tim's kind of stepped down from the the uh, director video movies. He's in charge. Tucker's in charge of them now. Uh, he did. Uh, he worked. Went to Justice League. Uh, then went to uh, Legion of Superheroes, which is kind of a forgotten show, which was really good, especially in the first season. They kind of monkeyed with it too much in the second season, I thought. Um, that whole Superman clone. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that was just that was unnecessary. I I don't know what they were thinking there. I mean, it was still a good show, but it was just kind of like it wasn't the same show. Yeah, they they kind of it was fine the way it was. I don't really know what they were thinking there, but uh, it's still enjoyable. But and then he went to Brave and the Bold, and now he's doing that. Um, Glenn Murakami, uh went from this and Batman Beyond. He was big. He was like more involved in Batman Beyond. I think he was a producer there. And uh, he might be, I don't know if he was producer at this point or not, but uh, then he went on to uh, be the main guy behind Teen Titans. Uh, and from there he went to uh, the, the good version of Ben 10, the, where he was an older teenager. And uh, then the, uh, um, now he's doing the Beware of the Batman, so he's kind of come back to Batman. Um, so all these guys have, have really went on to, to great things uh, after working with Tim. And they most of them still work at Warner Brothers. Although I think Radomski and Paul Dini are working for Disney and Marvel now. They're they're working on those Marvel shows, the oh. Avengers Assemble and and those type of shows. So so now they're seeing now they get to see the real Batman in action, and they're uh, marveling at the parts that you know he is. He's got cool gadgets and. And he's tough. I like that flame sword that uh, yeah. he has. So. Yeah, it's cool. Firefly, you know, uh, you can thank uh, Chuck Dixon for saving Firefly in the comics. <clears throat> Firefly was a forgotten 50s villain who was, uh, you know, used lights. And uh, uh, Chuck Dixon rethought him as a, as a pyromaniac. <clears throat> and they used that version on here. Uh, so, uh, you know, but... Uh, yeah, they're all now they're seeing the real Batman, and he is all these things. He's, you know, he's got cool gadgets, and and he's a tough guy, and he, you know, occasionally says a funny, a funny quip, you know, like the spraying Batman, and he's tough like the Miller Batman, mm-hmm. and now he's flying like this kid thought he, you know, <laughs> like he thought he was. I just want to know why these kids are like 10, 12 years old. Why were they wandering the streets where, by themselves? Where are their parents? Exactly. Yeah. So here's Bullock again. He looks quite a bit different, you know, than he did than the, especially the young Bullock. And you see kind of the more simplified style. But, you know, it kept the studios from, you know, going off the rails with it. So I always, uh, the end of this, this, the little, I, I, you know, I'm not a musician, so I don't even know the right terminology, but the little lighter version of the, 
the animated theme call that they use right here almost gets me choked up every time. <laughs> Just, I'm a sap. <laughs> it does. It does. So to me, that's you know, to me that's Batman. I mean, they 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 you know you've got you know the 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 best the the animated Batman is the distilled version of all things Batman into one. He's the 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 perfect uh, you know almost like what Adam West said about. Uh, you know the United Nations or the United World leaders being oh, in, one, yeah. in the Batman movie. You know one perfect container of blah blah blah. Well, the, the, you know he's the perfect. The animated Batman is the perfect container of all things uh, Batman. But then you've got like two great examples of uh, you know what made Batman great. Um, you know the sprang the finger sprang Batman and the Miller Batman. And uh, so uh, it's just uh, that, that's just a fantastic episode. And of course, the Legends of the Dark Knight. Uh, the, the title, uh, you know, based on the comic book Batman Legends of the Dark Knight, which was still running at that time, and now there's a new version that, you know, just told different, uh, this let different writers and artists tell their own Batman stories for your continuity and stuff. So that was kind of another little nod there that they actually used that uh, title. So, but uh, yeah, that, you know, as much as I love Robin's Reckoning, if you had to say, what's your favorite episode of Batman Animated Series? You just, just say one. I'd have to say that, and that might be my actual favorite version of Batman. Anything because it gets you so many, you it know, it hits all, it the, hits all points. the points. Yeah. It gets you, you know, it gets you the tough Avenger Batman, the Miller's Batman. It gets you the daring do Batman and Robin, you know, of of the Sprang Batman. It gets you the animated series Batman. I mean, it just and you get Kevin Conroy's voice, and and uh, so to me, that's that's kind of you know. If somebody quintessential, yeah, and you know, to somebody that's not a comic fan, that might be confusing to them. But uh, uh, it's it's kind of a it's a it's a fanboy love letter, you know. And I think um, the the guys themselves were all fans, uh, obviously, and or they wouldn't have known to do what they did. Uh, but it's a it's a fan service episode, and they did a few of those over their series, you know. And and it's it's definitely the uh, probably the one that they. That, that they indulge themselves the most, uh, and and you know, it it was great. So, and uh, I think uh, I think that'll. I about, think we've covered that. I think we've I think we about did it. Uh, anything we missed? Well, you know, like I said, go go uh, go check out uh, Batman animated uh, the book. Um, check out uh, Modern Masters Bruce Tim from Tomorrow's. Great books. Um, and uh, so next time. I think we're going to boldly go where uh, no lots man of has gone before. where lots of podcasts have gone before. Yeah, but we're going to do it our way. So we're going to talk about a Star Trek episode, classic Star Trek TOS, the original series, uh, and we're going to talk about uh, which I know is your favorite episode, isn't it? Uh, All our yesterdays. Oh yes, that's your favorite. It's one of my favorites. Uh, it's I actually lo- lobbied when I was pregnant with our daughter. I actually lobbied to name her Zara Beth, which was shot down. And you know what I told me. you? I said, if I couldn't name our dog Crypto, you couldn't name our daughter Zara Beth. <laughs> I think it's a cool name. It is a cool name, but let's not go too far. So we'll be, we'll be trekking. Trekking out then, and so... Uh, Star Trekking across the universe. On the Starship Enterprise, under Captain Kirk. Star Trekking across, across the, the universe. universe. Boldly going forward, because we can't find reverse. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't help myself. <laughs> I'll need to find a copy of that. I know that's got to be on YouTube. 
That's got to be on YouTube somewhere. I need that. But anyway. But come in peace. Shoot to kill. Shoot to kill. Uh, but, but anyway, so join us then. Uh, let us know what you think about this episode or any episodes. Uh, send us an email. Uh, drop us a comment on the blog. We got a Facebook page. It's all out there on the blog front page. Uh, so uh, our email is supermates at gmail.com. That's probably the easiest way to get in touch with us. If you're listening to the show via iTunes, uh, review us uh, and let us know good or bad what you think. And from what I understand, that'll kind of kick us up a little bit on iTunes. Um, so that's always good. Kind of kicks us up toward the <clears throat> up on the page. I don't really understand. I, I don't listen to podcasts through iTunes because I normally listen to them at work when I'm working. And the way it's set up, I can't listen to them through iTunes, so I don't really know how all that works. But uh, if you listen to them that way, you know, please review us. Let us know what you think. And, and you know, we, we want to be able to read the comments on the show. Uh, one of my favorite things about some of the shows I listen to is the emails and hearing what other people think. And they bring up a lot of good points. And, uh, you know, it's kind of fun to hear your name mentioned. <laughs> so, uh, you're rather prolific. Yeah. So, so, you know, that, you know, I understand. I, and I'd love to read any comments you got, you know, if, if you're, if you're just a listener, if you're a fellow podcaster, let us know what you think. You got suggestions. Um, you know, if you like, you know, well, I liked it when you guys did this, I liked it more when you did that. Or if you've got suggestions, what you'd like to hear us cover, um, let us know and we'll be glad to consider it. So until next time, take care, and we'll see you soon. Bye. Supermates is a Franklin and Franklin production in association with Bugaloo Enterprises Worldwide. The fictional characters and events mentioned in this show are trademark and copyright their respective owners. Likewise, all audio clips are copyright their owners, and we mean no infringement by either. Thank you for listening to Supermates, the husband and wife geek cast.